Welcome to episode 287 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and I can't believe it. Guy Cyril's back on the show. We missed you, buddy. Hey, you good to be back. I, I actually wanted to go on Chuck show on Tuesday night, but um, by the time I remembered, it was already like 830. It was like, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that guy. So <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Thank you. It's good hey. to be here. And and I'm so glad Ben Rithick made it. I know he's having some uh, wasn't able to, may not be able to make it, but he's here. So I do that. Yep. yep, it's been a trying week, but I am so ready to talk about Apple News. Awesome, awesome. And last but certainly not least, no, certainly not least, uh, Jeff Gamut. So glad you're here. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to make it tonight. We'll see. <laughs> i was just feeling left out yeah 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 that, that, that but that's still glad you're still here um so happy new year to everybody this is the first show of 2024 i'm so excited to start off a brand new year with, uh, yep. with the show we're going on our what is this this is our eighth year i think eighth or ninth 2016 we started the show yeah so we're going to the yeah. gangbusters here so it's been quite quite a few years of us sharing all of our fun and knowledge and, and info about Apple and related. And then all the stuff that I bring. And yeah, then there's guy bring all the stuff he brings. Yeah, mostly so. mics. Yeah. So with the new, so with the new year, we're going to change a little bit of the format this week, uh, this, uh, this time, uh, this year, I'm going to start right around with topics and we're going to put the news down at the, towards the end of the show. So I thought it would be a lot of fun to kind of mix it up here, see how this goes. And so let's dive into the topics. Um, so as I always talk about on topics is beta beta. This was a kind of an interesting week here. Um, <laughs> they, uh, Apple released, uh, iOS, uh, 17.3 beta two. And within a matter of hours, people were complaining about it was bricking their iPhones. Oh, oh, oh. I hope you, I hope you hope that didn't happen to you, Ben, but, uh, no. it, uh, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Apple pulled the beta two from um, from release. It was a boot uh, loop issue, is what the issue was. So the phone was continually booting. So that can't be good. So uh, it doesn't seem like it happened to a lot of people, but I think Apple caught it pretty quickly. Um, but uh, so we're still on beta one uh, at this time. If you are still running beta, uh, so be aware of that. As I always say, and I think we all say this here: do not put beta on your production device. Right. Yes. Do not Here's be a, me. Do not be me. Here's the exact reason not to. Uh, so uh, link in the show notes for some of the information that was out there. Uh, and uh, it, it was was uh, quite interesting. But the other betas are still out as well. TVOS uh, 17.3 and uh, WatchOS 10.3. So there really hasn't been much of a... Uh, much of a difference when it comes to that uh, with the, those devices. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens next week. Uh, maybe the, maybe Apple have it fixed by then and we'll talk about it. Um, so, and that's beta. So, all right. So one of the first topics I wanted to talk about here is uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, chatter about the fact that smartphone manufacturers still want to make the foldable phone a thing. And you know, of course, Samsung has their foldable. And so of course, uh, uh, who else has a foldable? Uh, num- a few other uh, manufacturers. Google, Huawei. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Google, uh, Huawei, Oppo, uh, OnePlus. Yeah. All, all the Android you know, devices here. So, uh, so it, it it just seems to think uh, everybody has one except Apple. But uh, is there potential that Apple might be thinking about it and considering this? Um, I I, I find it 
I'm sure they're looking at it. I'm sure it's something that they're considering only because it is, uh, it is interesting, but I think the, the price point is really high on these devices right now. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure, um, sure where this is going to go. Like the Samsung Z Fold's like $1,800. Wow. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about some, some pretty serious money here. Ben, I want to start off with you. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Uh, do you think Apple's going to get into this market sooner or later? Um, that is the question. I mean, first off, uh, the difference between Apple and the, the Android makers on this, uh, the Android makers ba- uh, make their prototypes available to the public. Apple right. does it internally. Um, if they if they think they can make the right device, Apple will put it out. I think there is definitely a market for it. It's rather high-end in niche. Right. Uh, but if you're that guy who really wants to have both an iPhone and an iPad mini in one device, I mean, 1800 bucks is about right on for the, yeah. what those two devices would be separately. Yeah. Um, and where technology is going to be. Um, how about you, Guy? Would you would you buy a foldable phone if it ever comes out? In, in, with Apple you know. This, this, ever since people started talking about foldable phones, foldable phones, it just seemed to me like this was a uh, solution in search of a problem. Um, I, I don't really see what the advantage is of having a foldable phone because so far with every single one that I've looked at or heard about, they all develop the, the little crease across where the two screens meet each and every one of them. And when you're spending 1800 to $2,500 on a phone and its biggest feature is flawed, what is the point? Um, you know, I, I, I put a phone in my pocket because I want to do phone things. If I want to uh, do something more, I'll break out my MacBook Pro or I'll break out my iPad. And quite frankly... I, I just don't see the point of these devices. It, you know, maybe could Apple make one that was worth the time and the effort and the expense to go out and get one? Because you can you can bet that whatever the other Android makers are charging, Apple's is going to be more expensive than that. So right. I mean, we'll 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 see if Apple even bothers with it. I'm sure they've got some prototypes floating around there, you know, but. To me, it, it just seems like it, it's just not worth the time and the effort and expense. Yeah. Um, how about you, Jeff? Do you, would you buy an foldable phone if it, if it was if it's Apple? I would have to see the phone first. Based on what's available today, no, I would not. I yeah. would rather have a foldable iPad. Um, the, yeah. And and it could even be like two two screens as opposed to having the the bend. Uh, in the in the display right in the middle, but yeah, I'm I'm not seeing the use case for me now. I totally get that there are some people where a foldable phone makes sense, and uh, and as Ben said, we're talking about a very niche market, and uh, as uh, as Guy said, of course Apple has prototypes. Yeah, but. What is the use case that that uh, would be that thing for Apple? Because they're not going to bring a product to market where they can't do something better than everyone else. 
there needs to be a substantial value from from uh from their perspective before they're going to bring something to market and uh example going the other way they exited the uh, wi-fi market the wi-fi router market and that's because they they no longer were offering something that really set their products apart right. i mean i i was hoping they'd buy euro Me but too. That didn't I was, happen. you know, I was just going to say, I, I would love to see what Apple would do with a mesh network as far as hardware goes. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to see it because they just don't seem to, to want to go in that direction. And it's too bad because I think Apple could, could bring a lot to mm -hmm. that market, especially, uh, making it, and it's not that it's that hard now, but making it really easy to set up if, if for people who ever owned an airport, um, they were like stupid easy to mm -hmm. set up. I mean, it was almost mm -hmm. just plug and play and you were, and you were online, set your password yeah. and you're all done. And if, if they could have brought something like that to a mesh network, uh, I, I think it could have been big, but. I, I just I guess they just didn't feel like it was worth the time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially if you were fully integrated with Apple Home. Yeah. yeah oh well, but you see, they exited that market before Apple Home was even a thing. So Right. They hadn't even exist, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and let's face it, Apple Home isn't exactly a walk in the park as far as ease of use goes oh, either. No, and and not. not that not that anybody else has anything much better. Um I've got a, a couple of those uh, Wi-Fi power plug things that I use outside in a few other places. Right. And I get them to work, but if something goes wrong and I can't find the instructions for them, I'm hosed. It's like, well, I have to go out and spend another 20 bucks or, you know, whatever the heck, however much I spend on that cheap piece of Chinese crap and, and get another <laughs> one and, and just take it from yeah. there. But yeah, um, home automation has the potential to be the next big thing, but nobody is doing it very well. Not even Apple. Yeah. Uh, spinning it back to the folding, uh, the foldable yeah, sorry. phones. No, that's okay. Hi, Jack. Uh, the, uh, there, there was a quote from the CEO of Honor, uh, one of the manufacturers of foldable phones. He seems to think that uh, uh, the foldable phones are going to be uh, something above a standard at some point. Um, and mm -hmm. I find that to be, I think it's a long way. Uh, here's that's a quote in ours. Yeah. He says, we believe foldables are the future of the smartphone devices, just like electric cars are to the auto industry. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're approaching a, we're, we're approaching a crucial <laughs> tipping point where foldables may soon become mainstream. They're just far from becoming like mainstream. 3D televisions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, here's the thing on this. Um, if you remember CES or God, what what's a German one? Um, yeah. But uh, about ten years ago, when the first very large screen phones were being introduced, uh, people uh, were laughing at Samsung for releasing uh, six plus six to seven inch phones in a time when the iPhone was still four inches. Well. Mm -hmm. 10 years later. Right. Yeah. But I think, so, I think yeah. the big difference is a, a larger screen is a larger screen. Trying to mm -hmm. merge, 
two completely different displays into one and have them fold over onto each other is a whole different thing. And mm-hmm. n- nobody's really done it well yet. And I think that's, yeah. that's the, the, the main problem is that they can like what, what you were saying, Ben, they put out their prototypes for people to buy. And the problem is when you do that, you leave a bad taste in people's mouths mm-hmm. when they go ahead and put down their money and right. they end up with crap. Yep. Yep. So this is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be uh, get, grabbing my box of popcorn and we're waiting and watching <laughs> uh, what, what this, what this happens because mm-hmm. I think we're, we're a long way away before Apple's going to even con- get even near to bringing it on to market uh, until they've really perfected this device. Well, I heard that like, USB-C thing is like coming along like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. that's just yeah. crazy talk. Crazy talk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we got that. So yeah, um, firewire, that's the future. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, I've been playing with like been cleaning up my 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 closet file and got rid of like bags and bags of cables and stuff. Yeah. And I I pulled out my my old WWC drives with my firewire connection. I got a firewire cable back on my on my dock here to, oh, to, you know to what? connect. I've them. got I've got a firewire four hundred to eight hundred cable that cost me a yep. mint back but, uh, in the day. I, I, and I, I look at it now and it's like what am I going to do with this damn thing? And you hate that's to throw that kind of stuff away, but oh, frame it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just did yeah, it. I, so that's another yeah, topic. I, I, I don't want yeah, to go off I the have, rails here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so let, let's go ahead and move on before we go on to a, a subtopic here. Uh, so going to be interesting to see what happens, and uh, we'll we'll definitely keep be here to to, to talk about it uh, when it does happen here. So, um. I wanted to talk a little bit about AI. AI has just become just an insane discussion as of late um, when it comes to uh, what it does, what it's going to do to us, and 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 what what it's what it's been helping with people. Because I started start using it a little more and wanted to get more more into it. I haven't. I've been kind of avoiding not getting into it right away, only because there's just another thing I have we have to all learn, right? Uh, but we're going to have to at this point because I think it's just becoming a crazy thing. Notably, uh, what started a lot of this discussion is the fact that the New York Times um, was going to sue OpenAI and Microsoft for that matter, which we'll talk about Microsoft's new product here in a minute, um, because uh, because of the threat of AI and it poses a threat to the news industry. And the, there's a federal lawsuit against them uh, to seek the end of the practices using its, using its stories to train its chatbots. Um and the Times said companies were threatening its livelihood by effectively stealing billions of dollars worth of, of, of work by its journalists. And in some cases, spitting out Times' material verbatim in pe- to people who were seeking answers for generative artificial intelligence like OpenAI and ChatGPT, OpenAI's ChatGPT. But I guess my question was on this particular case is, and I don't see it ever mentioned in this article, is the fact that is it grabbing the information that's behind the New York Times' paywall? Because that's that's their protected information. That's what people are paying for to to read. Um, so uh, I, I, overall, I think this is definitely, I don't think it's going to be something they can stop. I mean, as long as it's widely available out onto the internet, how are you going to stop OpenAI uh, being able to grab this information and, and learn and use it to, to answer the, the long questions that you ask it? Um, Jeff, I'm starting with you this time. Where's where, where your thoughts on the, this this actual case with New York Times and on and AI? Yeah, we'll, well, we'll talk about the other thing we were looking at on Tuesday too. But the, but I'll start with that with New York Times. Um, I I will be following this closely. 
And I don't know if this involves content from behind their paywall or not. Yeah, it doesn't um, mention it. <clears throat> that I, I would love to know. Um, I I can see where the uh, the New York Times could uh, could present an argument that uh, that OpenAI is stealing from them. Um, and I can see where OpenAI would come back and say, "No, look this this is just knowledge. This, these are just facts. So we're just feeding this information in so that it can then feed information back out to people with queries." I have a feeling part of what this is going to come down to is uh, is the argument that LLMs can only be derivative in nature. They can't do the same thing that humans do, where they can uh, read data from multiple sources, and then humans extrapolate out from that, and they create new thoughts and new ideas, and and, and they build on what they, what they have learned. Yeah. LLMs don't do that. They just take the data in and then use a a predictive algorithm to decide what word to put next based on the the query you provided. So I I'm going to be watching that very close just just to see how that argument plays out. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. I just I just tried entering information. I asked about who this guy Guy Searle is as it's and it came back and says Guy Searle is a longtime Mac user since 1987 and is and <laughs> and and an author who has written articles for mymac.com. No, well, I guess that's right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's accurate. What's your, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this uh, uh, guy? Um quite frankly most of what you get back currently, you could, as far as a query goes, you could get back almost as easily as just doing a Google search. Um, why the New York Times is getting all up in arms over technology that in the long run will probably save them a lot of money because it's going to end up replacing most of their reporters I just I I just don't get what it is that they think they're they're going to prove. I mean, the, all of the news industries have been downsizing for over 20 years now and it's been technology that's done it. So, you know, it it's like pooper get off the pod. Make up your mind what it is that that you want to do. If you want to have journalism like it was 30 years ago. And quite frankly, I think it was 10 times better than what we have right now. Then do that and don't engage in wholesale replacement of reporters and editors and everything else with technology and then turn around and complain that the upcoming technology is stealing, is stealing from you because you've stolen from everybody else. So, uh, I went ahead and asked a uh, chat uh, uh, co-pilot uh, uh, and said, uh, "Is is the New York Times is OpenAI?" Is uh, here's what I asked. It says, 
Yeah. Is the New York Times allowing OpenAI to get information behind their paywall? And it, it actually, I got the answer. So I guess we I should type this before I even start, say anything on the show, right? <laughs> uh, so the New York Times has filed a lawsuit against Microsoft and OpenAI for copyright infringement. The lawsuit alleges that OpenAI-powered open software will circumvent the Times paywall and reproduce Times articles if asked. So Okay, that's, that's a totally yeah. different argument right there. Yeah. And uh, and regardless of what New York Times long-term plan is for uh, how they operate their newsroom and how they create content, uh, sidestepping their paywall to uh, to scrape content, that's a really bad thing. That's stealing. Yeah. Well, and then just to add to it, it says, unfortunately, I could not find any information on whether the New York Times is allowing open, open AI to get information behind their paywall. So it it can't huh. confirm it. It so says it's, it uh, is, it's, but it's, it's not going to it's not it. going to tattle on itself. In other words, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So lawyer AI has gotten to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ben, what's your thoughts on on this whole thing? Here's the thing on LLMs: uh, they become a commercial product so quickly that they're basically in the wild before we have any concept of what the rules for them are. Mm-hmm. We're going to end up seeing a lot of litigation to basically determine what's allowed and what's not allowed under these large language models and scraping. Um, ultimately, I think um, LLMs are going to be kind of the next quote-unquote ad model where uh, companies can basically sell their data for money. Yeah. No. Yeah. It does make sense. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And uh, and speaking of AI and open AI, I mean, open AI, we all knew about chat GPT. That's been the free thing. That's what started this all. And uh, Google has its BARD. And uh, then Microsoft came along and at first they integrated it within their Bing uh, search engine and put it as a part of mm-hmm. Microsoft Edge in their in their uh, browser. But now what they've done is they've now come up with an, uh, a standalone app called Copilot. They introduced this back um, when uh, during Microsoft Ignite last year on uh, 2023 uh, and said that this was going to be something that can work along in accordance with a specific app that you download. And you can just have one place to go and it's going to be um, available um, for you to, to search for things uh, using their, their standalone app. So right now it is available on iOS. You can get it on the iPhone and as, as well as on iPad OS, as well as the iPad app you can install on a Mac um, because yep. of, mm-hmm. of Apple Silicon. They, they left that open so you can do it. So I've been using it for a while and boy, I, I, I must say it is uh, it is very interesting to see how, where that is. So we have a link in the show notes so you can actually go to the app and download it. So I, I, I highly recommend checking it out because I'm, start, I'm finding it to be more my de facto place to use to, to for search for this. And you guys, have, have you tried this app yet? I have not tried it yet. I, I will because I'm very interested in seeing what all these different companies are doing in this space. I just haven't had a chance yet. On, on a uh, side note, because yeah. apparently I'm the guy that's triggering us going down rabbit holes today. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's all um, right. uh, I was listening to NPR today, and one of the articles that uh, that they had was about Microsoft's just announced 
requirement for Windows keyboards or you Windows compatible keyboards. I'm where, just putting that in the show notes right now. <laughs> oh, great. You saved me from having to go find a link. Thank you. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Windows compatible keyboards moving forward will have to have a special key on the keyboard that's just for Copilot. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, it's going to be where the print screen key used to be that nobody's used in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, so this is what actually the first. What will I do first, without it? This is the first uh, time Ask they've done any It'll change. Tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually, years. when I saw when I saw some of the stories that you had in the show notes, I actually went and downloaded Copilot. And I've been okay. playing around with it for a little while, trying to get it to make uh, uh, images for me and i asked oh, it to i saw make, your images yeah <laughs> i asked it to make an image of two angry podcasters and that ended up just being a just a, a complete that was nightmare beautiful. and so finally i said okay i want to see two podcasters one with red hair one that's bald and uh with that with you know with that's blonde and it gave me, he gave me an image that I, I put it up on Facebook. I'm going to um, grab it. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was, and then on Facebook, I said, okay, well, here's Gaz and me when we were much, much younger. And um, I don't know if that would hold enough fascination for me to do it on a regular basis. I know that um, Carl Madden over at the Mac and Forth show uses chat GPT to generate his, his show images almost every single week. Yeah. But I, I mean, you really, you really, really have to have a specific term in order to get something that you want. And even with the terms that I use, I, I wasn't particularly happy with it, but I also wasn't going to spend, mm -hmm. you know, the entire evening trying to come up with a, a, a computer generated AI drawing that looked enough like Gaz and me when we were younger to, uh, to bother with it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, good enough. Good enough. I'm looking at that image now. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's red hair. <laughs> yeah. Red hair. And that's It'll bald. Be in the show notes. And that's bald. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, w w with angry podcasters, I'm surprised it didn't just uh, come up with a, a photo of Peter. Yeah, well, there were th some of the images that I saw. I mean, there were these guys were literally it was like face to face, just screaming at each other with a microphone in between them, and it was like, well, that's not really what <laughs> Gaz and I do. So it's like, okay, we'll just skip that part of it. But yeah, this is this is another thing that chat, that AI can do. I mean, I think our friend Dave Hamilton's been doing it for Mac Geek Gab too. He's been yeah. they've been doing it to generate photos every week of different uh, different topics. And with, I may even consider it. Who knows? A lot of podcasters are probably already yeah. starting to consider this. So, um, yeah, and the same thing with yeah. uh, with videos. I, uh, we're we're starting now with the, with the uh, the sixty cent shorts. Do you think I'm making spending hours editing that that um, uh, that video? No, I'm I'm using a an AI generated service that allows me to upload our, uh, the videos from our show and be able to just, it automatically picks the, the most, it thinks the most that they're the most interesting and it rates it from hundred percent all the way down, you know, 77% and tells you, you know, is this going to get engage people more? Um, so my God, just that in itself blow my mind, just getting involved with that too. So it's just endless. 
Yeah. I mean, the new logo I have for Wraithic Tech is AI generated. There you go. It's fascinating. This is I mean, absolutely fascinating. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm now going to become obsessed with this because it's just so much stuff <laughs> you could do with this now. So, but I think I'm not the only one. And AI is just, is here to say, and, and, you had the other uh, on the other side of this coin, like we talked about with New York Times, privacy is is this? Are you going to have privacy with this anymore? No, I mean, corporations are going to have to are already locking it down because they don't want to have their proprietary and sensitive information be pasted into this into into this search box because who knows where that information is going to go once you once you send it in. Mm-hmm. So you know, employees are going to have to be very smart and not be putting things in that specific that, that only you can see on the company's network. Uh, and, and you should not be putting that kind of information out there. Companies are probably going to, what are going to do? They're going to take Copilot and they're probably going to customize it to make it something somewhat internal uh, and make it even easier to be able to, uh, to, to get that information from their intranet, you know, any information that's out there to try to put together reports and a lot of the stuff that you can do. But there's a long way to go on this and you're going to have AI experts, you know, they're going to, you're going to have the companies hiring people that are, that are, they're going to be AI experts on this stuff. And I, there, I, I, I just, within this last week, this is finally what woke me up to realize how insanely uh, crazy this is and how important it's going to probably become over the next few years. So, uh, great, great, great conversation. I think that was uh, just something that was just, uh, 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 really, really good to talk about here. Um, you know, I, I'm not, not always big on doing tr- uh, predictions, but I wanted to kind of just talk a little bit about what, what we kind of want to see with Apple for this year. I know all of us will have some ideas. I, I, I reference the Mac rumors. They always have some great stuff here. So I just wanted to kind of touch upon mm-hmm. what we know that's going to be coming out here for the next, uh, uh, over the next year. I think the first thing that really stands out is vision pro. Um, Vision Pro is going to more than likely get released. They're rumoring at the end of this month in January mm-hmm. as we record this. Um, but uh, you know, guy, haven't had you on in a while. I'd love to hear what your what your uh, thoughts are with Vision Pro. I know it's not something that for everybody, just because of that thirty five hundred dollar price point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the concept in general. I mean, what 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 was your what are your initial thoughts on what Vision Pro is, and is there a, f- a good future for it? Well, will it integrate with my foldable iPhone? That that's what I want. To know. <laughs> There's that too. Um, I, you know, this is it. it in the beginning, it's going to be such a, a niche market, uh, especially at that price point. And the problem that Apple is going to run into, and I'm sure they're well aware of this, is that Facebook or Meta is putting out cheaper and cheaper and cheaper devices that aren't going to be able to do nearly as much stuff, but is going to be one-tenth of the price. And that's going to be a huge problem for Apple because when you're talking about creating something that's a a brand new platform, and that's exactly what this is, especially for Apple, then you you have to generate enough sales early on to to make it worth the time and if you look back at the history of uh, apple going into new spaces the the one huge win that they've had of course was the iphone but Mm -hmm. even even there there was you know their expectations were were relatively low i don't know what their expectations are for the vision pro but i can say that 
most likely you're going to see sales. I'm going to guess less than a hundred thousand in the first year, if that. And in order to, I mean, this is the chicken and the egg thing. This is the same problem that they have getting game developers to come over to the platform. Uh, if you don't have enough users to use the software that third-party developers will make, then the third-party developers are going to tell you to uh, go jump in the lake, that they're not going to bother to put a lot of time and effort into making something for your platform because it's not going to be worth it for them in the long run. Whereas Meta has God knows how many of of what what do they even call theirs? West. West. Yeah. West, yeah. There's there's a crap ton of them out there already. And, you know, again, is it going to do as much as what Apple's will do? Probably not. But it's affordable and it's it's affordable enough that uh, a mom and or a dad can get one for their kid. And if they break it up, then it's like, uh, OK, it's the same price as like a, a PlayStation 5. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with it. But I think Apple's price point is uh, uh, going to be a really big problem for this going forward. Yeah. Um, uh, both Ben and Jeff have had some, obviously, uh, thoughts on Vision Pro. Anything else you wanted to add over the last couple of episodes we've talked about, uh, Ben? Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, um, kind of building on what Guy said, I think the quick, uh, how quickly they get the actual vision out, not just the high-end Vision Pro, is going to be the make or break for Vision OS. Um, This product has the chance to either be the next iPhone or uh, the biggest failure that Apple has ever produced. And I yeah. think that's exciting in a way, but it's also for a company that has basically won for the last 15, 20 years, it's um, it, it's new territory. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, final thoughts on this, uh, Jeff, what do you think? Um, yeah, Ben, totally new territory. You're absolutely right. Just like when the iPhone came out, totally mm-hmm. new territory. And, uh, and guy comparing what Apple's doing to what Microsoft is doing in headsets is totally unfair and completely fair at the same time. Unfair because these are not even close to the same category or even the same kind of device, but fair because consumers just see a goggle thing you stick on your face. Yep. And what, what, what I see out of this is that uh, uh, Meta Quest is Division Pro, what Amazon Fire Tablet is to iPad. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, you know, it's a product that's super cheap and is essentially disposable. And if you want the really good thing, then you get the thing from Apple instead. And um, slow rollout. Absolutely. Guy, your your estimate of maybe a hundred thousand, I think is high. Yep. And I think I Apple mm-hmm. is uh is expecting that as well. And they are planning accordingly. And those high-end buyers are going to be the people that help form what the future of the vision platform will be. And uh 
I I think Apple has planned this out very well. They're playing a very long tail game here with the, with a new platform. Yeah. So that they will yeah. eventually have a not pro vision that comes out. Yeah. And you know, I think with the game Apple's playing, it doesn't have to be in 12 or 24 months. It can be a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing about five years. Yeah. There you, okay. There you go. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. Um, that's vision pro. The other thing, which was surprising last year in 2023, that Apple did not release a brand new iPad. I mean, they hadn't done that. And like, that was the 12 years they had there. They were consent continually, even if it was modest updates to the iPad. Um, mm-hmm. so that nothing was released this, this last year. So, you know, nothing they're bound to have all? to do it. Nothing new. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, not no. single. There, there, there was a pencil. That was the only iPad product. Yeah, that, <laughs> really the the there wasn't, there was wasn't even an update to any of the iPads no, last year. Nope. None. None. Wow. It, even okay. the low end model. That. So there was, there was, yeah. For, so for, this is the very first time since the iPad was, uh, was released. Um, so, so, you know, there's bound to have to have some things coming out for, for the iPad. Now, the biggest thing is the OLED iPad pros. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> they're going to be probably releasing them with OLED displays for the very first time. I can, I can expect that to happen. Uh, and, and they'll be as impressive as iPhone screens. Um, and also I would, I would go under that anticipation. That's going to be, They'll probably be bumping, bumping up the processor. You may even see an M3, um, the processor in, in an iPad pro. And, um, so that's going to be interesting as well as potentially you could even think about more storage because people are going to want to use this device more and more as a, more of a dedicated device versus a, a Mac, um, or a PC for that matter, uh, could go four terabytes of storage space. I can imagine how ungodly expensive that'll be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, I think that's some of the things you could see on the iPad, on the uh, iPad pro, uh, Jeff, what do you think on iPad? What do you think the pro is going to be that of a high end device? You think Apple's going to go that up, go headed up that high? Mm. Yeah, kind of. So high, high end M2 processor of, of some sort or an M3, especially mm. since we didn't get anything new in 2023. Right. It, it this feels like the year that we're going to see some significant changes to the iPad lineup across yep. the board. And my Jenna instincts are telling me that's why we didn't see anything with the iPad line in 2023, because there, there's some big things that are coming. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool and exciting. Also very concerning because I fear that 2024 could be a very expensive year for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're as you being a big I- iPad user. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still haven't upgraded my, my uh, current iPad pro to an M series. So I have the model right before <clears throat> M series yeah. and, um, and it's an awesome iPad, but this might be the year where, I just have to uh, suck it up and get a new one and and move to Apple Silicon. Well, that's already Apple Silicon, the M series processor. Possibly or M2. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think, I think Apple's got a big, big big thing to come up with here because it's way overdue and then we got to get up to where technology is now. 
Uh, what do you think, Ben, on iPads? Do you think there, yeah. you agree with uh, Jeff on this? Yeah, I, I think we got a huge preview um, in tw- at the end of 2022 with the iPad 10, where where the future mid-range and pro ones will be going. Um, essentially, they will be going to a landscape rather than portrait device. Um, but yeah, they're we're gonna they're going to get uh, better screens, faster processors, and bench essentially start being treated like a computer rather than a large iPhone. Yeah, yeah. How about you, guy? I mean, you you have you have an iPad, but are you a big user of the iPads? Uh, I am. I actually have. I went because I had that twenty eighteen iPad Pro that I got from uh, from Warren. And excuse me, I I went ahead and bit the bullet a year and a half ago and got an M one iPad Pro. And it's 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 a great device. The problem with it is the problem that the iPad has always had, which is getting the iPad OS to get out of the way and letting people do some of the things that they want to do with it. Multitasking right. is still pretty much garbage on an iPad. Um, it needs a decent file manager besides the, the makeshift <laughs> one that it has now. Yeah, and multitasking on an iPad can be done, but it involves you be doing this ballet of of movement and motion in order to get everything lined up so that it'll do the, some of the things that you want it to do. And this is coming from someone who in 2013 or 2014 went to the Macworld Expo with nothing but a microphone and an iPad recorded video, recorded podcasts, did all of that stuff on a 2012 iPad in an area or in a, in a, in an event like the Macworld Expo. And it worked. I got every, I got it to do everything that I wanted it to do. It wasn't easy. And it took about two to three times longer than it would have on a Mac but the point was to see if I could make it happen, and I did. And all of those things are still capable now and, and, and are, in fact, a little bit easier than it was back then. But Apple needs to decide if they want the iPad to truly be a computer or just a content, uh, you know, a, a device that you're looking at content on, which is what probably most people that own iPads is doing right now. Yep. 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 Um, so, uh, we'll have to go, we'll have to go through all the other iPads are probably going to become, uh, be probably more than likely will be released. Uh, you can anticipate they're going to update the iPad air that's overdue and the price point as well as, uh, there, there talk of rumors of an iPad mini mini may still stay in its slower side of the processing, uh, spectrum only because it's a smaller device. Uh, audio devices will, will definitely uh, be of, uh, uh, of a change where the AirPods, there might be a four generation four that comes out. Um, the AirPods max are insanely overdue. What uh, those are, that was released in what, 2019. <laughs> so we're talking almost five years now at this point. Uh, I have a hypothesis the, there. Please. Yeah. Okay. My hypothesis is that Apple has been 
uh, working on their own wireless protocol for high-res audio, and it hasn't progressed as quickly as they thought it would. But I'm betting that they've got it worked out, and we will see this year another update to AirPods Pro, and we'll hmm. see an update to AirPods Max that give us that that true high-res audio experience wirelessly. With more um, bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it, so it won't be transmitting over Bluetooth for that. No, no. I mean, they already have, they already have their own, uh, audio and, and video codec standards that mm-hmm. they, they themselves have either bought or created. So it's just a question of, are those codecs small enough and can we develop a device with enough bandwidth to push it? to the devices that people are buying from us? I think the answer is yes. And uh, I think it's likely we'll see that this year. Yep. So uh, that's, uh, so, so there's, there's quite a bit of potential here that, that could be, uh, could be out with this. Um, other thing we could talk about is uh, iPad accessories. I think there'll be a new pencil, pencil three. Be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, the Magic Keyboard, I think they're going to probably do some improvements on that. They're going to probably have to because they're making some changes. Um, they, know, mean, go they, on the Mac- they need to make the Magic Keyboard available for more versions of the iPad as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Or, or universalize it in some um, some way, uh, even on the low end. I mean, you're probably going to have an, a new low end iPad as well uh, that'll be updated. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, uh, where those accessories are. as, as well as, oh my God, guys, let's get the Mac, uh, Mac side of things that magic keyboard, get a USB-C connector for, 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 yeah. for and, 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 and that, that the magic, magic mouse pad and yeah. the magic trackpad and the magic mouse, move the, the, the port from the bottom to the front. And, How about um, an M3 know? Mac studio? For the that, love of God. That will come. It may come. So we're going to, that's what I've been waiting well as, for. Potentially a new Mac mini too, cause that's a bit overdue as well. So, yeah. um, so I think we got a lot to look forward to with Apple. I, I can't imagine that, that there aren't already a lot of the stuff's already not on the drawing board already, you know, <clears> progressing <throat> quite nicely to see, you know, as, as we cover it this year for, uh, uh, for a lot of this stuff for, well, for this. So, uh, so definitely going to be interesting. Uh, so. Uh, with that, let's, uh, let's, uh, oh, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit. I, you know, I, I didn't talk about the app. Let me talk about that real quick with the co-pilot app that we did talk about earlier with, um, with AI. I just, I'll just specifically to, to give more of that. I got the app link in the show notes here on the app, uh, and, uh, just go out and check it out. Uh, as I said, um, you got it on iPhone, you got it on iPad and you got it on Mac. Uh, take a look at that. And then this is, a this app was released by Microsoft and, uh, yeah, definitely a good thing to check out. So we got some news stories I'd like to cover here real quick. Um, uh, first one is uh, T-Mobile. I've been using this app since its inception, T-Mobile Tuesdays, and for the most part, they tend, you know, being a T-Mobile customer, they they tend to have some pretty cool things, uh, including MLB uh, at bat, uh, uh, the MLB TV uh, that you get. They give that for free every year, which is awesome. That if you're a baseball fan, um, you know, that's a you know two hundred dollar value right there by itself, um, and. Uh, now they're going to do is they're going to sunset the actual uh, actual uh, app uh, T-Mobile Tuesdays and they'll be releasing a new one called T-Life um, and uh, 
the Tuesday events will be live in the new app and, and it looks like it's going to be available for both T-Mobile and Metro customers. Um, you'll still be able to get to all kinds of the perks and all that kind of fun stuff. And nothing I think really is going to change other than just the, I think Apple just cha- is changing the branding. Cause I think the T-Mobile Tuesday is getting kind of old, honestly. Go ahead, Ben. I'd completely forgotten that it was there. I haven't I, I haven't gone on a Tuesday to their app in probably a couple of years. So so this is all your fault is what I'm hearing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell hey. Throw it on me. I'm good. You have thoughts on fire. Yeah. Um honestly, I think the way it's worded in the cord cutters news app is or or headline is slightly misleading. Um from the context, essentially uh the T Life will be a new version of T of T Mobile Tuesdays. Um, you're not going to have to download a brand new app if you already have the T Mobile uh, Tuesdays app. It's just going to be like become the new app. Yeah, I think it's just more of a branding change, if anything. Yeah. Any thoughts, Jeff? They're always messing around with this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so ch- change, changing the name um, also makes it easier for them to uh, to do special promotions on other days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I'd change up the days. It'd be kind of fun. Uh, yeah. So... Um, and speaking of new other, other new offers, now they're now you you already get Netflix as part of their your package. Now they're going to offer Hulu as the ad the ad based version as a free perk to subscribers. Um, there's a catch though. You know, I'm a there's magenta, a huge catch. Yeah, I'm a magenta uh, plan customer, which I have an amazing rate, and I am not changing to their Go 5G next plan because the price will go up insanely high. But of course, you know you get the perks of. Hulu and Netflix and all this other free stuff that you get. Um, so trying to entice people to switch. So read the fine print, folks, when uh, you look at this. Yeah, T-Mobile says it's uh, you know Netflix, Hulu, uh, Apple TV Plus, and MLB.TV adds up to more than $35 a month or $400 a year in benefits. Okay, so that's so the, the T-Mobile So now part? they look at, what's that? It's the T-Mobile part, I'm sorry, I, I started talking over you. Sorry about that. The T-Mobile oh. part... Excuse me, the Netflix part. Holy crap. Not quite as enticing as it was um, yesterday because mm-hmm. T Mobile just up. announced that they're adding in ads to Netflix. So you no longer get the ad free version of Netflix yeah, with they're, your So they're going well, cheap. They're going cheap on it. They're, well, they're giving me a credit, and I think that's going to stay the same, whatever the cost of that particular thing is. But I'm still paying for the HD version of, of mm-hmm. Netflix. So I get a little bit off on what I pay for Netflix, but so I'll go up to like $16 now, unfortunately. So, okay, so, so I'm still going to save more than what I would pay without this discount. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Uh, people that aren't paying for the upgraded version though, they now get ads in Netflix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And here's uh, the one bit of fine print on the Hulu. Um, this free ad uh, supported Hulu is the only thing that Disney and uh, T-Mobile are offering. Uh, you cannot upgrade to ad free. 
You right. cannot upgrade to anything with the Disney bundle. And I actually confirmed this uh, with representatives of T-Mobile that it will be a free ads to version of Hulu only. So if yep. you're somebody who is ha- having the bundle, um, instead of having basically like 5 or $6 off, you're basically getting $2 off of what you would pay. Right. So, yeah, it's not, don't make sure you read the fine print. I'm glad to send you just got that good information from Ben and to realize that, yeah, to stick with what you got, it's not going to give you much. Mm-hmm. And then plus you got to raise your plan, your cost to your plan. And it's not worth it. And then deal with ads. And that too. Yeah. Um, a couple other Apple uh, the, the stories here. Uh, Apple did fix a music bug that was related to the ad play playlist songs setting it, uh, last month, there was a lot of people complaining about, uh, with the Apple, many Apple music subscribers that the ad place playlist songs, uh, setting was broken on the iPhone, iPad, and sometimes even on the Mac. And after a user would toggle off the setting, the bug could cause it to turn back on resulting in any songs that you had used, that you had added to the playlist, uh, being added to their music library would be just in an unwanted manner. Um, fortunately it appears that Apple quickly addressed the bug with a server side fix and users are no longer Im- uh, impacted by this issue. Uh, given it was a server side fix, users do not need to update their devices or go to a newer software version, but Apple never publicly announced this bug. So it is interesting that this happened and then Apple just, just decided to just fix it and don't say anything. Right. It's, it's no surprise at all. Apple no. fixing something and not talking about a problem. Yeah. So it's like a Thursday or something, right? The real news (laughs) would have been if they'd been incredibly transparent about the whole thing, talked about where the problem was, uh, what was triggering it and all the steps they took to address the issue. And then Mm -hmm. made a, a big announcement once the, the, uh, fix was in place and then apologized to everyone for the problems that it caused. And gave them a U2 album. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still amazed people are, are still upset about, off about that? the, yeah, here's free music. Oh my God, you violated my privacy. No, yeah. we just gave you free music. We gave you an album. Yeah, but but still, it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, something not working. What are you guys talking about? It just works. Yeah. Right. Stop holding it wrong, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um. Uh, next story here, uh, Apple fitness plus is now launching sound meditations, workouts for golfers and more. Our friend Chuck George is probably going to like that. I don't know if he even uses fitness plus for that matter. Yeah, uh, now. He will now for, for t- uh, 2024 Apple plus fitness plus is going to get some, some new ways to stay active and mindful headlining the update is like I said, sound meditations, a range of themes that have a new program called strength core and yoga for golfers, uh, featuring a record breaking app, app, uh, athlete uh, Rose Zhang uh, new episodes of Time to Walk and more yoga for golfers yeah, yes. I'm just picturing a bunch of guys in plaid pants trying to do double dog down or something it's like right no. they bend over and and you don't hear anyone saying and breathe you hear them going ah, yes. ah, ah, and, ah. Stuck. And, right. and now the tideless stretch <laughs> oh I get that choke yeah, I got it right away. Uh, so 
there's a link in the show notes here about more of the information about this particular uh, uh, update. Uh, Apple actually released a news uh, a a news release on it, so uh, so give, check that out. Uh, so it's uh, definitely going to be some more added bonuses for uh, Fitness Plus. And finally, we wrap up this uh, the show this week. I had to not 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 mention this. Uh, do you miss the physical keyboards? Uh, there's a new clicks accessory that adds keys to your iPhone. You know, BlackBerry fans are truly missing that physical keyboard on their smartphones, and they may want to check out Clicks. It's a company that's now developed a keyboard case that's designed for the iPhone 14 Pro and 15 Pro models. Uh, Clicks is uh, is showing off its keyboard. It's going to be at C- ahead at CES. I. Be mm-hmm. interested to hear what our, our friend Chuck Joyner will hopefully come across that. I'll make sure I get to share this with him. He isn't already going to check this out. Uh, and uh, it's uh, going to be released in mid-March, uh, and it's going to be $159. And they're going to release also one for the 15 Pro Max in the spring. It's available in Bumblebee Yellow, London Sky Gray, and, and adds a small physical keyboard to the bottom of the iPhone. This is ungodly. I don't know if I would ever want this thing. Uh, what do you think, Ben? <laughs> Um, it's for a very, very specific audience. Yes. Um, considering who is the two people kind of behind this company, um, you have, uh, Mr. Mobile and Crackberry yeah. Kevin, uh, formerly <laughs> of, uh, Mobile Nations before it was bought out by Future. Uh, the one iron, uh, irony to this especially with it coming out at CES is that uh, about 10 years ago, I worked with Geekbeat. Uh, We, I had, I did, uh, we jointly did the CES coverage with mobile nations. So uh, at that event, um, I did, I have had chances to interact professionally with Kevin a bit. Um, I can tell you this. Um, with him behind it, this is not going to be some cheap old plastic no. thing that you get on. Not for that price. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it's going to do it, be a high-quality product. Um, I just don't know how many people there are to buy it other than Kevin. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Guy, I know you miss your BlackBerry. Don't you want to go on and get oh, this yeah. from your phone? yeah. You know, with these big sausage-like fingers, <laughs> I would just love to have a keyboard that's the size for an iPhone. Please, uh, yeah. give me some of that. Yeah, honestly, I wish this was out ten, about five to six years ago. Yeah. Maybe. Now, when you fold it out, does it, like, expand? No? Uh, sorry. It doesn't even look like it folds out. It just... It, it no. Just, no it look, <laughs> it's literally like... Uh, it's like a battery case that's a keyboard. Yeah, I think it stays in that position at all times. Mm-hmm. And it connects okay, over USB A. <laughs> that's right. Oh, right, Jeff. Last word. I know you have thoughts. <laughs> okay, I thought this was a joke at first. Seriously, no, it's not. <laughs> and no, it's not. And, uh, yeah this this product is about eight years too late. Yeah, and wasn't there something like this already out at one point? There, oh yes, there there were multiple somethings like this out over the years, and none of those things are around anymore. No. Um, now this may be a really high quality product. I don't think it's going to be successful. 
I'd be surprised. But if they're at, if they're at CES, they have <laughs> some pretty big investment into showing this product. Yeah, off, that, so. that's a serious commitment going to CES. Yeah. But yeah. for something like this, they kind of they kind of need to do that because they need wow. to have uh, uh, companies resellers buying this up. And if you're going to make it happen, you're going to make it happen at CES. Mm-hmm. Does does CES have a tiny town equivalent? Yes, but yes. it's it's um, like all these little booths where everything is in uh, Japanese or Korean and uh, Martian. And, um, actually, I've never seen Russian in 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 that area. That's funny, but yeah. yeah. It's all, yeah, it's all these little it. booths with, with just the most weird things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tentacles, tentacles. And tentacles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, for those uh, who are watching live, Brian F. Thanks for being here tonight uh, on uh, youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. He had a comment about this case and said, that it seems like there's always going to be a segment of the population that likes a physical keyboard for their iPhone. Yes, there's probably a segment of the population that likes peanut butter on their <laughs> iPhone as well. Doesn't well. mean it's a large enough segment to uh, to make the product successful. But yes. yeah, for for both people that really want this, this is probably going to be a really nice product. Yeah, get it while it's still there because it probably yeah. won't last long. It won't last long. Good way to wrap up the show for this week. A a, a fun way of looking at a keyboard that I don't, that no one wants their <laughs> iPhone. So, what a great show! This was just a great, uh, a lot of great discussions, a lot of great topics. And I appreciate everybody being here and listening, and uh, all you guys here as well. So, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up for this week. And that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow follow us on Mastodon, which is at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash InTouchWithIOS, where... You can watch the current and live past streams and uh, past live streams as well as listen to past shows. Uh, visit In Touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. The link is on our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, just go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com where, where the, all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. And uh, guys, Cyril, it was so great to have you back. It was show. good to be back. I, I, yes. I've been trying to get uh, to to get back out and get on other people's shows again, and uh, yes. it's just things happen. They do happen, but you were here, and we had a blast. So, where can people find? Thank you. you. I appreciate it. And where, and where are you? We're gonna find you. Oh, ha! oh, okay. oh! Plug, plug my stuff. There we go. Plug <laughs> my stuff. Uh, you can find myself and Gaz over on the MyMac.com podcast where we've been doing this crazy round trip around the world since 2009. Coming up on show 960, I think, next week. Nice. Uh, you can find me over on the, the uh, X Twitters. I'm 
Mac Parrot and Vert Shark over there. Uh, I'm on Mastodon.social. Find me there as, as, as Vert Shark as well as Counter Social and uh, Threads. And of course, where, uh, I guess. Well, I guess that's about it. That that's all I really need to plug. Is that all that stuff right there? Uh, we have a Google Voice number that I can't remember, but if you go on over to, to the, the MyMac.com website and look at any of the MyMac.com uh, podcast little articles there, you'll find the number there. It's a Google Voice number. We love getting feedback. So call us, collect, call us direct, but call us today. Yeah. Thanks so much, guy. Thank you. Uh, ben, ben Rathick, so glad you were able to make it this week. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rathig on social media, and that is on <laughs> your social media of choice. <laughs> it pays I just saw what you put in the chat. <laughs> oh, easy. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. Um, yep, uh, you can find my website at uh, Rathig.tech. That website will soon be going over a bit of a transition. Um, but the original blogger websites will still be oh, kitty. Uh, available. Yep. New kitty. Uh, during the uh, transition. Uh, on Tuesdays, you can find me on Mac Voices with Mr. Chuck Joyner. On Thursday and Fridays, you can find me on the Big and Mac shows with Mr. Jeff Gamet as the interim host. And of course, every Thursday, you can find me here on In Touch with iOS. Thanks so much, Ben. Glad you made it. How long have last... you been the interim host there, Jeff? Um, well, go ahead and you can Steve go ahead and close on Jeff, and, and you and you can answer that. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Where can people find you? Uh, okay, social media is Jay Gamut on uh, pretty much everything. Mastodon, Instagram, Threads. That's that's where I'm posting stuff right now. Then uh, for podcasts, Tuesdays, Chuck Joyner's Mac Voices Live. And then here on Thursdays with you, Dave, uh, on In Touch with iOS. Then on the British Tech Network, Thursdays for the Big Show, Fridays for the Mac Show. And uh, Brian Chaffin and I, we do the Context Machine. Guy, to answer your question, I've been the interim host for at least four years probably longer yeah at what point are you just the host we could talk about that after the show yeah (laughs) (laughs) but thanks so much for being here jeff i appreciate it and thank you for listening i really appreciate you listening to the show what a great start to the new year in 2024 got plenty more to talk about next week is ces so we'll we'll be kind of i'll be kind of scanning the news to see what all kinds of great stuff that uh is being announced. Uh, I can get the press le- press releases and a lot of information. So we'll definitely be having some CES coverage over the next couple weeks. And uh, but until then, appreciate you listening, and we'll talk again soon.